um, Genesis 1, chapter 1, uh, yeah, Genesis 1, verse 1 to 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. John 1, verse 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. The Word of God. Good morning, everyone. Good morning and Happy New Year. Our first Sunday of, Jan of 2021. What a year 2020 has been for all of us. We've experienced much together as a church. We've experienced much together as friends, brothers and sisters. And as individuals, we've had more time to really think about our lives, perhaps more time than is healthier for all of us. But in all things, God is eternally present. In all things, God's love and mercy continues to minister to our hearts. We do not know what 2021 is going to be like. Nobody knows that. And all too often, we get used to hoping for a better year. And each and every year, we make resolutions, perhaps. Now, some of you right now have given up on resolutions. But in the end, most of us hope that the year before us will be better than the year behind us. But I want to encourage you not to make too many resolutions. I want to encourage you to simply resolve one thing to know God and be known by God. To resolve to see God's presence in your life. Because God will not give you everything that your heart desires in this world. God doesn't promise everyone riches. God doesn't promise everyone the things of this world. But God does promise us his love, his joy, and his hope. That's 100% guaranteed. God does not say, I might give you more hope. God does not say, I might give you more of my love. God does not say, if you do X, Y, and Z, I will give you more joy. But God simply states, if you ask of me for these good things, I will give them to you. If anything, we pray that God would give our church all of these things that the world may see that our treasures are with God and not with the things of this world. 
we should resolve ourselves simply to practice the means of grace that God has given us. Lord, give us a heart to read your word and to be excited by it. Give us a heart to pray to you, to look to you first and foremost in all things, to give praise, to give thanks, to repent, to cry. Let us resolve to make him our our first, the most important person in our lives. And then thirdly, let us resolve to love the church, to love one another. We will fail. We will most definitely fail. If we did not fail in these things, God cannot charge us every time to love better. You see? If we already loved each other perfectly or could attain it, God would not have given us his word that is filled with love one another, love your brothers and sisters. So assume that we will never, ever attain to the level of the perfect love of the Trinity, but we hope to. But our duty is to love one another. That as we grow in our love for one another, God's presence grows. That as we overcome the difficulties in our relationships with one another, and Christ is magnified in our relationships, as Christ becomes more central in our relationships, we will see God. This is our hope. This is our duty in 2021. Whatever else the Lord may give to us, whatever the Lord may bestow upon you as individuals, praise be to God. Praise be to Him. Yet we know that Christ and Christ alone can fill our hearts. Fill our empty hearts. It is not the riches of this world. It is not the relationships of this world. It is not the prestige, the power in this world. It is only God and God alone. As we continue our sermon series on theology matters, today I want to talk a little bit about who God is and the importance of creation. We need to understand who God is on his own, without us, his creatures, without us, those he has created. We need to see what scripture says about who God is, that we may understand why he deserves all glory, why he deserves all honor, why he deserves all praise. Now, scripture, des- scripture describes God as someone who is completely other, completely separate 
from his creation. God is not a part of creation. God does not exist with his creation, but God exists apart from it. God did not have to create this world. God existed in and of himself, complete and perfect. Before he created the universe, God was and God is. God existed as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, the triune God. Each and every one of these persons in the Trinity is completely divine. They are completely equal in power and in glory. And they exist together in perfect unity and in perfect love. The Father loves the Son. The Son loves the Father. And the Holy Spirit, the third person, is an expression of that love between the three of them. Three persons in one God. This is the mystery of God. But it's not a mystery that is unknown to us. It's a mystery in the sense that you and I, as human beings, will never understand. All we know about this Trinity is that the Father deserves praise, the Son deserves praise, and the Holy Spirit deserves praise. And so we, as Christ's covenant Presbyterian Church, we see God who exists in his holiness, in his perfection, outside of us. And we worship him because he is simply God. Now, the beauty of this God that we have is that his being, a perfect love, perfect justice, perfect holiness, this expression of the Trinity of three persons in one, living in perfect relationship, having perfect love, that when God created us, when God created humanity, he created us in his image, which means that when you and I were made, were created by God, we were able to see that we are an expression. We are an expression of who God is. And so we can understand what love is. We can understand perfect relationships. We can understand holiness and justice. And we see that God is who he is because he made us like himself. And praise be to God that these attributes and this desire for perfect relationship that we have is simply found in God himself. 
And as we get to know ourselves as, as God's creature, we get to know the perfect God who deserves all worship, all praise, all glory, and all honor. We have to know our place in this world. God made us. We did not make God. God is infinite. We are finite. God does not need us, but we need God. Now, some people will say that the idea of the Trinity is not found in Scripture. But the Trinity is all over Scripture. We see in Matthew 28, when Jesus tells his disciples to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We see Jesus talking to the Father in heaven. We see Jesus telling his disciples to wait until the Holy Spirit comes. And we see that in Scripture, that these three persons are seen as equal with power. Now, many people will say, well, there's nowhere in the Bible where it says Trinity. There's nowhere in the Bible where it says the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit existed before the creation of the world, loved one another, they're equal in power and holiness and justice, that they are spirit and divine. But when I read scripture, and I encourage you, when you read scripture, the Bible isn't there to explain, in a sense, every, every nuance. But the Bible, a lot, in many ways, will simply, well, say that without the axioms of the Trinity, the Bible doesn't make any sense. Without the axiom of there being a Trinitarian God, a triune God, if there is no God of three persons in one, then the Bible does not make any sense. Think about geometry. We assume that there's a point where we assume that a line drawn from one point to another is a line. And from there, we come up with our rules of geometry. But after a while, we forget about the axioms. And we start drawing triangles and circles, three-dimensional objects. The Bible simply axiomatically states to us that God exists as three persons in one. God exists as the triune God, the Trinity. And if we, can, if we assume that, then the rest of the Bible makes sense. If we do not think of God as a triune God, as the three in one God, then the rest of the Bible does not make any 
sense. This is the God that we worship. The second part of that is the importance of creation. If God existed wholly apart from us, and if God in and of himself is satisfied in himself, then the act of creation is simply an act of fiat, F-I-A-T. In other words, God simply said, we will create humanity. God simply said, we will create humanity. We will make man and woman in our own image. We will make the world. And God did this not because he had to, but because he desired to. He wanted to for his own glory. We see in Genesis chapter 1 and in John chapter 1 that God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit together created all that we see and all that we do not see. And there's a separation between the creator and creation. We call that the creator-creation distinction. That we are not God. That God does not live in the things of this world. But that God, but that God is totally other. This is different from pantheism. Pantheism says that everything, everything is divine. Pantheism says that everything is divine. That the cows are divine. That the plants are divine. That everything has divinity in it. And they do not see God as something outside, but they see God as something that is present everywhere. This is not a biblical notion. Yes, everything has life, but that life is not the same as the divine God in heaven who created all things. And so we need to reject any sort of pantheism. We, as God's people, have been given the right to rule over all things, even those things that have life. But we are to do so in a way that is honoring to God. Now, there's another form of pantheism that has been expressed in our world today. It's called panentheism. Let me spell that for you. P-A-N-E-N-T-H-E-I-S-M. 
the live transcript is not doing a good job with this. <laughs> Eric, if you could type that in the in the uh, chat room, that would be helpful. Panentheism tries to take theism, God being holy other, and pantheism of God being everything, and tries to put it together. They try to say that God or gods live amongst, live among us. That God is this personal God that lives among us, but is not wholly other, and is a God that can change, a God whose mind that can change, and that we as God's people simply live among divine beings. It's very closely like what we see in Roman and Greek mythology. That the gods come down from heaven and they live among us. We need to reject this as well. For God is simply, completely divine. Worthy of worship. Holy other in all things. Now, brothers and sisters, I know that this message has been a little bit uh, academic, and I do apologize for the live transcript because I think a lot of these words were very difficult for the transcript to pick up. But let me say in the end that if we do not have a God that's holy completely if we do not have a God that is completely other, if we do not have a God who is completely divine in and of himself, worthy of all worship and honor, a God that is holy, then the story of redemption, then the story of our obligation towards God makes no sense. If we truly are God's creation, we are obliged to worship him. If we truly are God's creation, we are meant to give him glory and honor. And this is where we leave off today. I encourage you in this year of 2021 to look upon the God who made all things in awe. For us to take moments to stop looking at our, at our, to stop looking at ourselves, for moments, stop looking at your own problems and issues, just for a moment. Those are important to God as well. But for moments, Stop looking at the difficulties of this world, the difficulties of your life, and look to God. Look to God, not to see what he can do for you, but look to God as he is. And worship him. Take time to say, God, I worship you for being the three-in-one God in perfect harmony. 
who loves one another. I worship you, God, for being perfectly holy, perfectly loving, perfectly just. I love you, God, because your character, your attributes are perfect. I worship you, God, for you made this world for your glory. I worship you, God, for allowing me to play a small, tiny part, but in the end, being able to be called a son and daughter of this living God. Take time to worship the Creator and let God's presence and God's being give you joy. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and for your mercy. We forget that you are the creator of all things, that you existed before all things, that you made all things, not because you had to, because you desired to. You made all things so that all things may worship you. You made all things to bring more glory to you. And so we as your creatures are here to give you glory, to praise you, to write songs about you, to sing songs about you, to lift prayers to you, to love you and to love others so that your name and glory may be magnified. We ask of you for this year, 2021, help us to look upon you, to gaze upon your glory, and to give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.